This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur News Laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. We are back with another episode of Hafta from a COVID afflicted Delhi which apparently uh, the numbers are now on the way down. At least the rate of increase has gone down. Uh, but that is not the case all over the country. We shall discuss that in some detail. And there is much more to discuss. But before we get into the discussions, let me introduce the panel to you. Today joining us from the studio, I'm Hiraj and Manisha. Hi. Hello. Lady and gent. Three of us are here. Joining us from their homes are Raman sir. Hi sir. Hi. And joining us from uh, Patna is Anand. Hi Anand. Hello. And joining us from Bangalore is Dhanya Rajendran. I'm sure all of us all of you listening know who dhanya is she is the co-founder and the editor in chief of the news minute and she has had a long innings as a journalist before that with various legacy media channels hi dhanya hello hello and i believe uh, bangalore is now which is where you are uh, is now the new hub right the most concerning area where numbers are going through the roof yes bangalore has the most active covid-19 cases in india right now I see and you guys are all working out of home how has it impacted your team many people have got the infection not just in bangalore in hyderabad in kerala hmm. i mean almost all our bureaus or somebody in the family is sick so everyone's working out of home i see well we have uh, as we speak i think two of our reporters which is akanksha and uh, shivangi. shivangi are back in town they were in up whereas basant and ayush are still on the road so do contribute so we can make sure we can get as much ground reportage for you as possible uh, go to newslaundry.com and click on the subscribe button many of you have actually subscribed last week thank you so much uh, we need many thousands more but before we get on to the rest and i have so many other requests from you uh, manisha let's go over the headlines and then get into the discussion at once so india has recorded 3.62 lakh fresh covid cases and 4120 deaths in the past 24 hours The World Health Organization says a coronavirus variant first found in India is of global concern. Religious and political gatherings contributed to surge in cases in India says WHO. We all knew that. 26 covid patients died at state run Goa Medical College and Hospital. The Goa health minister has sought a probe in the case to find out the exact cause. At least 11 covid-19 patients died due to a problem in oxygen supply inside the ICU in government run Ruiya Hospital in Andhra Pradesh. At least 50 unidentified bodies have been found floating in the Ganga over the past couple of days. Many of them decomposed and bloated. Multiple bodies were found buried in sand at least two locations along the Ganga in Uttar Pradesh's Unnao district on Wednesday. This was reported by NDTV. Bharat Biotech gets approval for clinical trials of Covaxin on children aged 2 to 18. Karnataka and Maharashtra to stop vaccinating 18 to 44 age group due to shortage. Meanwhile Delhi is also shut 125 centers saying that they do not have vaccines. The ED has registered a case of money laundering against former Maharashtra Home Minister Anil Deshmukh. According to a list compiled by the Network of Women in Media, at least 235 journalists have lost their lives to the coronavirus in the country. Meanwhile, according to the Press Emblem campaign, India loses four journalists every day to the virus. Bharatiya Janata Party leader Hemanta Biswa Sarma took oath as the 15th Chief Minister of Assam. and the picture that was tweeted out uh, showed all these ministers without a mask stalin was sworn in as tamil nadu cm ministers also took oath at raj bhavan this was a well attended uh, swearing in 
I saw PK and Abhishek Banerjee there sitting. Hmm. Hearing the plea seeking interim stay on Central Vista, the centre told the Delhi High Court that 400 workers for the redevelopment of the Central Vista Avenue were engaged well before the imposition of curfew in Delhi and that the workers are staying at site in accordance with official COVID guidelines. Though the Quint video report on this shows otherwise. Amid criticism, Centre prohibits photography, video recording at Central Vista project site. Leaders of 12 major opposition parties wrote to Prime Minister Narendra Modi seeking a free mass vaccination drive against COVID-19 and a suspension of the Central Vista revamp project to aid the fight against the pandemic. The Centre has filed an affidavit in the Supreme Court saying that its vaccination policy has been framed to ensure equitable distribution, that it was non-discriminatory and based upon an intelligible differentiation factor between the two age groups. Several shops and houses have been damaged because of a cloudburst at Uttarakhand's Dev Prayag. No casualties have been reported. Delhi police has issued a lookout circular against the two-time Olympic medalist Sushil Kumar. He fled after a 23-year-old former junior national champion Sagar Rana was beaten to death during a brawl at Chhattarsal Stadium parking area. Meanwhile, the government of India and its proxies have launched a positivity campaign. This includes RSS launching a nationwide campaign to provide relief to victims and counter the atmosphere of negativity. Also, ministers are tweeting articles from something called the Daily Guardian. So we'll discuss that. Own up to mistakes, provide transparency and responsible leadership. This is what an editorial in Lancet has said to the Modi government. Supreme Court has launched an app that will provide links for virtual hearing to media persons. In world news, at least 35 Palestinians have been killed in Israeli air raids on the Gaza Strip, according to the Palestinian Health Ministry. I think also six Israelis have also died. Among the casualties, a woman from Kerala working in Israel was killed allegedly in a Palestinian rocket strike on Tuesday. The Taliban has declared a three-day ceasefire across Afghanistan to mark this week's Eid al-Fitr holiday. This came two days after more than 50 people, mostly young girls, were killed in bomb blasts outside a school in the capital of Kabul. Right. Uh, now, <clears throat> we are recording this hafta on Thursday, the 13th of May, at quarter past three in the afternoon. So you know what we would may have missed, because anything that occurs after this will not be able to make it on the hafta. I want to start off with this whole positivity spin campaign. And I guess each one of us can give our experiences because we have someone from Patna, of course, Dhanya is in Bangalore. Just to give context, uh, last week or this week while we're recording this, a bunch of ministers and BJP spokies tweeted an article from something called the Daily Guardian, which said that how the Prime Minister works very hard. In fact, literally... In caps. Rijiju's, <laughs> it was in caps. The Prime Minister is working very hard. Don't no, no, be fooled. No, the headline was in caps. Achha, the headline was no, in Everyone shared the headline. So, the uh, full disclosure, I, I used to be a columnist for this paper when it was still a newspaper before News Laundry. This is when Amji Akbar owned it. So I. Ah, but those are two different papers. You were for Sunday Guardian, this is yeah, Daily Sunday Guardian. Guardian. Owned correct. by the same group, but it different was, yeah, papers. So just, yeah, so if someone suddenly Googles Abhinandan and they've uploaded my old article, <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, I used to write a, a, a weekly column, I think, for them years ago when it was just the Sunday Guardian. So that positive spin, then there's been um, the RSS is having this seminar or this uh, Mela, whatever they call it, where I think Sadhguru or Sadhguru's is his own positivity campaign. Everyone's doing their own positivity huh, campaign. RSS is separate. So the RSS is also doing their own positivity campaign. And the international press, of course, has pushed back and mocked India not India, but mocked the Indian press for these positivity spins. Now, is this actually being able to do what the 
government or the prime minister intends or is it having a counterproductive effect we can start with that and through that of course we'll also get to know what what is happening so let me go with you raman sir and then we can come to anandan dhanya and then of course our people here can talk you've seen the articles that are coming you've seen the noise on social media because that is where the bjp starts all its battles has this been a bad idea this positivity spin it's not possible to spin this positively strategically it's a wrong kind of track to go down what do you think sir see uh we all know uh, that we need to keep i mean especially the administrators and uh, the political administrators as well as bureaucrats all of us have to keep uh, you know some kind of sanity so that we are able to you know come out of this crisis okay having said that i think as reporters and as media persons i think we also need to report things as they are i mean if uh, there is a woman uh standing outside the hospital you know with uh, her parents her father gets admitted okay uh, and the mother doesn't and the father dies in the night and the next day the mother dies now what kind of positivity you are going to teach them so uh, i feel that as media persons we will report as uh, you know uh, the facts are on the ground okay and if if people dub us as negative uh people negative reporters someone who are not uh, you know uh, reporting the who are not conveying the positivity i'm sorry we cannot because we don't see anything any positivity around us but yes we have also seen some individual efforts being done you know during this covid uh, crisis and we have noted them we have reported that also so so and uh, what rss has done i think uh, uh, i i read uh, you know prem ji's uh, speech today which is pretty good i mean i take it in right strides hmm. okay i i take it in right strides i mean i'm okay with whatever he has said uh, that the truth must prevail so is the truth prevailing in fact you know you you get so much negativity out of it uh, when he has spoken about two things and 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 you see those two things are not happening the science is not happening and the truth is not happening when 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 he talks about science we i mean imagine today uh, you know prashant bhushan on behalf of one uh, medical expert has filed a petition with the supreme court seeking transparency in uh, you know vaccination uh, you know trials so so whatever trials that have happened so they just want that the government should make it public so that whatever vaccine vaccines we are taking we should know the kind of impact you know they have so so the science is not happening and the truth is not prevailing so there are two aspects to this one is that they are caught up in their own this fantasy world where it has worked so well until now and they're doing it another is that this is just an example of a social problem what the government is doing now this whole positivity thing it's not a new thing there is a whole industry of this positivity in india deepak chopra I mean, he is a star of this whole thing. He is sort of the guru of this thing. Go to any town, go to any city. You will see these booths about self-help gurus. Think positive, do this and all that. Seriously, why? Because this has been, I think, at least for two thousand years now. Because of the caste system, because there has always been this caste and class elite who have utter, utter devastation around them, misery all around them. Even now. when your body is floating in the river when people had to walk home and died on the way the worst that happened to them i mean now it's become more macabre but the worst that happened is they were banging thalis on their balconies right they were working from home so they have always had it better 
in this sea of misery there were this class cast of people who had it who That's always had it good and they always obviously they would tell you that be positive because it was great for them you couldn't tell them oh, this this thing is happening and everything is happening now what is basically is happening is that there's this sort of a class of people who are sitting for a feast everything is great and you are telling them there's shit on the table obviously they won't like it so that is this whole business of positivity think positive and all that because they don't want you to look elsewhere they don't But want do you, you think, to remind them that do you think it will work at any level see at a level because bjp and i mean everybody knows that their primary constituency is only these people right this class this sort of caste and class elite and they think the same way so in that sense yes but the problem now their problem is because international media the everyone else is taking a huge interest in what is happening around so it isn't as like easy because even when this class this caste of people dominate the media academia everywhere there are cracks appearing because you can't i mean this bigger reality you can't hide yeah there are definitely cra- cracks appearing although twitter is a microcosm of the entire indian diaspora and another thing added one thing that could really work against them is because now these people are also hurting Think. I think it will work the positivity spin because a I think Indians are great at negating their own miseries. You know you've seen this with demonetization. Six years down the line in Bengal, people were saying that oh, बड़ा अच्छा काम किया demonetization में. We know from the first wave when the migrants were you know forced to walk back, they walked back you know and things just went back to normal for them. I mean I think Indians in general just accept their suffering and say oh बड़ा बुरा हुआ but चलो let's move on. There's this some part of us is just forget our own miseries but secondly i also think that the spin has already started and you have to look at what mass media channels like republic aaj tak zee are doing which have millions and millions of reach they're essentially slowly and steadily telling people that this was beyond modi's control this was either it's you know bizarre theories like warfare bio warfare by china ye to yuddh hamare upar ho gaya to kya karte dusra you know blaming the states saying that modi had warned enough people and they're doing it very carefully very i mean we've done two nuisance episodes on this house of the chaudhry took like clips from a pmcm meet and just you know turned it around saying that modi had warned the cms but no cm heard him so i think this positivity spin can work because it's coupled with a spin on how modi tried enough but he was struck by forces beyond his control which is china bio warfare and this is actually happening on tv channels prominent ones where they're saying that this was actually the chinese that have you know sent this virus to india to attack us and of course uh, you know saying things like the state tried the states didn't do anything the cm the pm had warned them enough and even if you look at this guardian thing you know the piece that everyone shared all the it's quite curious that you know on a website like daily guardian that has no readers whatsoever no minister i think has ever before shared it why is it that all the cabinet ministers suddenly started you know tweeting that with that headline and it's not as if there aren't enough pro bjp pieces being written in live mint or wherever by you know swapan and all these guys so and this is what you do is you have these ministers tweeting it you have these screenshots of daily guardian and you circulate it on whatsapp and say dekho foreign media is praising us like what they're doing with yogi adityanath and who many channels have gone to town saying that the who is praising yogi what this actually is is the who saying that we've collaborated with the uttar pradesh government to do contact tracing and they've taken up this initiative and we are working on them but the tv media has picked it up to say look you know foreign media is praising yogi yogi ka karam yogi ka thappa lag gaya to with this guardian piece also you never know how it's floating around on whatsapp as you know look this guardian piece is said that modi is actually working very hard so i mean i think 
And also, what do we mean by will, will it work or not? I think we're looking at what will happen at 2024. I think it's long time till 2024. There'll be enough media propaganda to say that Modi tried hard enough. Modi will couple it with like direct cash transfers into people's accounts and people will forget it. And of course, I think the only thing that can really, if there was an opposition here that was really, and I don't mean chief ministers, chief ministers have written letters and I think it's a very strong letter and it should be played up more. But if you had a really strong opposition calling out the Modi government relentlessly, the way some journalists are doing, then I think it could have an impact on him. But that's not really happening. So see, Tejasvi Surya after that uh, so basically on, uh, I think, 6th of May, he did two spectacles. One was a press meet in which he announced that there's a bet scam in uh, Karnataka, which is something that people had known about. We we were hearing about it. And uh, the Times of India had done a report about people who were apparently paying uh, money for beds, following which the BBMP on May 3rd had formed a committee to look into the allocation. Now, one BJP MLA called Satish Reddy had stormed into uh, one of the war rooms and uh, his people, his chamchas had basically assaulted an IS officer demanding that bets be given. Now, we can't say there's a scam there. It's an MLA who's basically asked for more bets, but whether there was a money exchange, we do not know. But anyway, what happens is Tejasvi calls for this press meet and says there's a bet scam and the bet allocation is not correct, which is fine. I mean, he's entitled to do that uh, press meet and it's well and good if uh, some anyone exposes a scam. Now, but what he does simultaneously on the same day is that he and three BJP MLAs, including the Satish Reddy, who, uh, who and who, whose aides had assaulted the IAS officer, Tejasvi's own uncle, who's a BJP MLA, four of them go to this war room and they start screaming at an IAS officer named Tulasi. Now, other than uh, the, the whole uh, the, the bit where he talks about the 16 Muslims, not 17, in fact, 16 Muslims, he reads out their names. The IS officer who's charge of, of that war room, she's called Tulsi. Her name is Tulsi. And Tejasvi asks her, who are you? Where is your boss? She's like, I am the IS officer here. But there must be somebody senior to you. Because in Tejasvi's world, women cannot be bosses, right? So that also really stuck out for me. Anyway, so he reads the 16 names and he screams at this woman saying that, who are these people? Who recruited them? Now, Tejasvi has been justifying himself, claiming that I never said these people are part of the bed scam. I only read out their names and asked who hired. That's a lie. Now, if you listen to that entire audio, Tejasvi reads out these names. His uncle asks the next question, is it a madrasa or a corporation? Why have they been hired? Then the other MLA, who Satish Reddy, clearly tells Tulasi in English, we have evidence, we have proof. These are the men who did it, which is the bed scam. So he did make that allegation. Now Tejasvi is claiming, oh, it was some list which the BBNP made. I'll tell you what I know about this. From last Saturday, BJP MLAs, or at least one MLA, asked the BBMP that in the South War Room, where, uh, mind you, uh, Tejasvi is the MP and the MLAs are from the BJP, at least one or two, that they cannot be Muslims in that war room. There were 212 people in that war room, of which 19 were Muslims. There were 16 men and three women who were Muslims. They clearly said, we want all Muslims removed from the war room. The BBMP Joint Commissioner struck a compromise and said, instead of removing them or sacking them, we will transfer them to other war rooms. And they made that list of 16 people they will transfer. That's the list which Tejasvi Surya had in his hand. It had nothing to do with the bed scam or hiring. It is really now up to the BBMP to come clean and say, why did they make that list? Right. really pathetic, yeah. I didn't know about the list that was made beforehand. Saying yes, that that's the whole point, which is what everybody was trying to ask Tejasvi. Now, if the BBMP commissioner, now yesterday somebody asked the BBMP commissioner who made the list. He says, I don't know who made the list. 
I'm sorry, you have put the future of 16 people in peril. And I know one of the women have quit in protest. She, she said, I cannot work in this war room and she quit. And though the BBMP said they will take back the 16, that war room, they've already recruited other people. Okay. And Tejasvi, I mean, we wanted to actually do a story saying all the lies which Tejasvi uttered in his press meet. But then we decided we are not going to like pair even five words for him anymore. So he first thing he lied is that he said BBMP gave me the list. Who in the BBMP gave the list? Who in the BBMP prepared that list? Was that list prepared at the behest of a BJP MLA who wanted Muslims to be removed from the war room? That's the first question. Tejasvi said, I did not target the Muslims. There were other Muslims too in that war room. That's a lie. After Out of 212, there were only 19 Muslims, as I said, and there were three Muslim women. Of course, uh, because in Tejasvi's world, women cannot be bosses and women can just be uh, in the call room or call centers. Maybe they didn't want the women to be sacked. So there were so many lies that he uttered. See, my point is, I felt very proud of that press conference that day where, when my colleagues, one was Arun Dev from um, Hindustan Times. He was working with the Quint for, for a long time and, and Times of India before that. He's now with HT. He joined very recently. The other is my colleague, Prajwal Bhatt. And then there were two more uh, people. I think Shiva Prasad from TV9. And uh, one more person, one more Kannada journalist, and Sudipto Mondal, they were the people asking questions. So the point is, a Tejasvi Surya, who's a young politician, should should understand that they cannot simply say what they want and, and believe they will go unchallenged. And that's what the press beat actually showed. Right. Now, even the India Today, I saw the way they were covering it. Anything that is, you know, that, that shows Tejasvi in a poor light, they don't report it as, like, he did such and such thing, you know. Opposition demands Tejasvi's actions be scrutinized. Matlab, like you've also seen them, right? You like on others, like when they had the crowding of people who are crowding to buy Remdesivir. I mean, the title there was villains. Now people are desperate to buy medicines and they're thronging a shop to buy it. They're not villains, but yet, I mean, they don't say you know COVID experts call these people villains. Like India today is calling them villains. No. No, but I, I'm, I just want to point out here how disappointing this entire thing has been, because in Bangalore, for example. From the beginning, there is an organization called Mercy Mission. It has a lot of Muslims. And now, of course, people from all religions. They were the ones who were cremating bodies. We, we all know how much they work. And the fallout of this has been so intense that many volunteers do not want to come anymore. They are scared that they will be victimized. Uh, there is this group, not VHP, but some other kind of VHP in Mangalore, which has now openly said that they don't want Muslims to cremate the bodies of Hindus. Because all these months, the Muslim groups were cremating bodies in Mangalore, Bangalore, etc. And the kind of hatred, like the second this Tejasvi's press meet finished, I cannot tell you the number of forwards that were doing the round saying these Muslim terrorists, they want to kill Hindu men, I mean Hindus. Uh, and people just, just forwarded. I mean, it's just so disappointing that in the last one year, what has this tragedy taught you? That people help, that you know these Muslims were there for us when everyone else required help. And at the drop of a hat, you are ready to show your communal self again. And for me personally, it is not just Tejasvi Surya, but a lot of people in Bangalore and Karnataka too, and even other places who are forwarding these things have been disappointed. Now, this case that was, you know, in UP um, and in Bihar, the, what do you call, ambulance drivers basically just dumping the bodies because there's no one to take them or the other theory is that there's just not enough space to cremate them. Firewood also. There's no firewood. So, on that front, it's, I mean, that is alarming. And I mean, I just thought that as an aside, it was it was such a ghastly sight. It made it as a you know story in one of the morning, the main bulletins of BBC International, CNN. Because just the sight of do dozens of bodies in a river would 
I mean, if it happened in any Western country, that like the, it would shit would hit the fan in a big way. Here, it is. It no was government, like, no government in a civilized country would survive. Would survive. I mean, here, but even here, it was story number three or four. It wasn't even like the top story in many Prime of the main time, bulletins. It wasn't even story. It was a morning bulletin, which really. Yeah, it was a morning bulletin story. So, I mean, I just thought that says a lot about us as a people. But if that is happening in Bihar, would it not suggest that it's the problem is far worse than what the kind of data suggests? It's not just COVID. They always do it with impunity because they know the so-called world powers are on their side. They have absolute immunity to kill and massacre people. They have been doing that since 1948. So there's no problem. That's why they're doing They don't need COVID as an excuse. So what the thing here is basically is that, I mean, like you were saying, you were saying, so these, like the international media, Indian media, others have also reported as clashes. These aren't clashes. So what happened is how this particular bout started is we can go into history later is so there are Palestinian homes in East Jerusalem which under international laws with the Palestinians so there are these uh, Israeli settlers who basically come into your home tell you get the hell out this is my home now that is basically it and these people are resisting so clashes yeah, happened over Sheikh that Jarrah, and then what happened is during uh, one of the holiest nights in the Muslim calendar people were praying inside the Al-Aqsa mosque which is like the third holiest site for Muslims anywhere in the world. And the Israeli troops went inside, fired rubber bullets, grenades, these things, terrorized people, several people got injured. After that, the Hamas and other militant groups, they started, I mean, they only have rockets, they started firing rockets into Israel. And then they sent the jets in and like did another massacre. So this is really, a, at, at its root, I mean, it's the so-called international media and analysts are trying to make it into this complex kind of a conflict it's really basically just a simple conflict. There's this settler, colonial, ethno-racist, apartheid terrorist state which is terrorizing the people for the last 70 years. And because they have the impunity, they have the backing of the United States, European nations and everybody else, they are doing it with impunity. Massacre after massacre. Gaza right now is, I mean, Noam Chomsky described it as an open-air prison. It is that. Hmm. I mean, it's been heavily blockaded for 11 years. They don't even let in medical supplies there. People have to dig tunnels out to Egypt until like the Muslim Brotherhood was there and then it was closed also to even buy medicines and essential supplies. I mean, people right now are living in like broken down homes. There are homes which are just like shattered buildings that they're living there. And same is happening elsewhere in East Jerusalem, Ramallah and all the rest of the Palestinian territories. If you're talking about when I was a schoolboy, when we only used to get Doordarshan news, Raman would remember... Yasser Arafat, growing up, Yasser Arafat was like this yeah. peaceful, wonderful yeah, man. And that was, was the only like version that we saw. And, uh, you know, they always used to be an international capsule in the daily news. You know, whether it was Shammi Narang reading it or Salma Sultana. And they used to be, Aaj Israel ne phir inko peeta, phir. There was just, you know, uh, I mean, while I do think that the Israel aggression is, I mean, it is not both sidisms there. There is an obvious, I mean, the Palestinians clearly are the victims here. But yeah, we have traditionally always been on the side of the Palestinians. But now when we say traditionally, now, you see, India is no longer a 30-year history. Now India mm. has a 75-year history. So what is traditionally? Uh, is up to Narasimha Rao traditionally? Is, is Manmohan Singh traditionally? Like, it's like saying we have been traditionally social. Like when people say that today, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about here? The biggest, you know, neoliberal land grab in the history of the world, other than maybe Chile, Venezuela, under you know when they were topple governments, the USCI, has been in India during Manmohan's time. So what is traditionally socialist about us? You know, 
So I don't know what is traditionally. Traditionally, anymore. I mean, going back to Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> no, in case of uh, Palestine, it was also because I mean there was this the early sort of founding fathers of India. There was this anti-colonial movement, and exactly. the Palestinians had, had the same thing. Exactly, had a lot to do with anti-colonial. So there was that, and then there was this like there were ties with the Arab world because like you needed oil, you needed other things. You couldn't like afford to piss them off, and Israel wasn't the. Military and tech superpower that it is, it is now. now. Correct. So yeah, and also then how there's this Hindu element also. How can we, how, how can we forget uh, that Indira Gandhi and uh, Yasser Arafat, you know, hug, and it was uh, at that time. I mean, I think it was it came on the it was a Time cover story, and today cover. I remember that. All of you listening in the Chota Hafta, do subscribe so you can listen to the entire Hafta. We will see you again next week with the Hafta. Till then, subscribe, pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served, and advertisers pay. Advertisers are served. Thank you. Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.